What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Tailgate Kings. I'm Dr. Die with Chef Chad, Jason Reynolds, and of course, the kid, Casey Jones. And we're doing here the NFL featured episode of the Divisional Playoffs. We're all there's a bunch of NBA chatter. You can check it out on Jackson the Kid. They covered it pretty thoroughly. They're going to keep covering out all the crazies going on in the NBA. But here, we're going to stick to the NFL primarily as we look closer to the Super Bowl this year, this crazy Super Bowl. So let's start with our prime cuts, guys. We'll start with the Bucks Saints. Why? Because we're, we're, we're Louisiana folks. So three-point favorites, New Orleans are at home, 52 over under. Uh, this, this game could be interesting, right? We got the two of the old boys at quarterback playing. I'm sure you all saw the Tom Brady tweet earlier in the week. So we'll go with you first, Chad. What, what, what do the Saints have to do to beat the Bucks for a third time? Just a few quick notes here. First game in NFL postseason history to feature two starting quarterbacks in their 40s. Okay, the Saints have outscored Tampa Bay 72-26 to 26 in their first, first two meetings. Brady has thrown five picks in those games. Another little cool note, Marcus Lattimore has defended Mike Evans, their best skill position player, on 64 routes over those two games. Evans has zero catches. That's pretty damn impressive. And over the last eight games, as the favorites, the Saints are 7-1 and one against the spread. Those are things that jumped out to me. Trey Quan Smith looks like he's going to come off fire and play. Trey Hendrickson is set to return from his stinger. But I think there's legitimate concerns with Taysom's knee, Murray's quad, as well as Patrick Robinson's hammy. All three have yet to practice this week. Murray's role as a runner has been clear and valuable, I think. But his blocking against that Bulls blitz-heavy scheme would certainly be missed. Two previous meetings, it's been Murray and Hill that were the leading rushers in those games, not Kamara. Week one, Murray had 15 carries for 48 yards, Kamara 12 for 16. Week nine, Hill had seven carries for 54 yards, Kamara nine for 40, Murray 10 for 39. Kamara has five catches for 51 yards in week one, five for nine in week nine. Now, Kamara had 23 carries last week and has been dynamic in the last part of the season. So what's the game plan on Sunday? How do they scheme Kamara open against that stout veteran defensive front? I think that looms large, in my opinion. What do you think, Jay? Do you think Michael Thomas being back is going to be huge, too? I mean, we got him back last week. So how big do you think that is? Yeah, having said that, I think Payton leans heavy on his Hall of Famer, uh, as he should. The Bucs have an athletic, young secondary. That seems where the Saints can do their damage. As you pointed out, as Thomas returns, as Cook has proved to be a big third-down target, and Deontay Harris had a breakout game last week with seven catches and 83 yards. If they can get Smith back and work him in there and Manny Sanders finds his, his normal role, uh, you know, they sling it around. And, and with some new wrinkles, I think they can compensate for the absence of Hill and Murray's injuries. I think that will work. I think the biggest factor, however, in this is the healthy, dynamic Saints defense. That, to me, is the most fun group to watch defensively all season. They may not be as star-driven as the Rams, but I don't see a deeper, more balanced bunch in the sport. Those D-backs are versatile, deep-seasoned, and I think that's where this game is won. Evans and Godwin are both battling injury, and so is Jones. A.B. is starting to look and do A.B.-type stuff, and Gronk, again, is fun to watch. The Bucs are going to have to count on that up-and-down offensive line to keep the old man clean. They're also going to have to count on Fournette, who's been everything other than a consistent contributor. We all know the performance of Brady is, is primarily based on how well uh, he's kept clean or how much pressure he gets in his face. Look for the Saints to go after him early and often, hit him as much as they can to disrupt his timing. All that said, give me the Saints to beat the Bucs for the third time. 
Three is not enough. Neither is 52. Same. <laughs> all right. All right. Jason, is Chad right here, man? I mean, the Bucks put up 26 points in the previous two meetings, as Chad pointed out. That's it, just 26. But this is a team that usually averages 34. So is, 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 is the Saints D against the Bucks O the true story of this game? Oh, that is the true story. And, and this is not the same Buccaneers team that we've played in the past. The Buccaneers, like the Bills, are finding their groove. They're just getting that chemistry together. And don't get me wrong, Brady and Gronk have played together before. But Brady and Arians have their own mess they've had to deal with and figure out, right? They've been a little soap opera. I think the coach and the QB are finally on the same page. We finally see Evans. And I know Jones has been injured, but Evans, Jones, Fournette, that line working with Brady the way he likes it to work. A.B. And, and Brady have played before, but that was for like, what, four controversial weeks in, in, in New England, right? He's had a half season together. I think we see the Bucks finding their groove, getting their chemistry. This is a much better team than we played just a couple months ago. It's that simple. Now, <clears throat> that said, you know, while the Bucks are getting their chemistry together, Chad is right. The Saints defense already has its chemistry together. And even more so, the Saints defense is hungry. You know, like the, we've talked about it umpteen times on the show, just the Saints' bad luck. But those embarrassments are really Saints' defensive embarrassments. You know, the, the Minneapolis miracle, that's, that's on the D. But, and not just that singular play, but that whole second half collapse is on that defense. The, that loss with the, the pass interference issue, well, we still had to give up points to lose that game in overtime, right? We, we still, our defense still lost the game. That, that's the fact of the matter. So the Saints defense finds themselves time and again really, really good, but not quite good enough. I think this is their chance to really prove themselves. And I think they have confidence this time instead of nerves on their side. I, I think this game goes over. I think it's much closer than the previous ones, but I think it goes over. And I think the Saints pull it out because of that defense. All right, man. I, I'm with you. Casey, what about you, man? Where, where, where are you on this game and, 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 and what do you got? I mean, are you taking the Saints as well? All right, so I, I want to I wanna address something that you guys have spoken about, and that's the this, this Saints defense. Um, but the one guy that I think is going to be a huge difference maker in this game, and if, if I'm not mistaken, you guys said uh, Trey Hendrickson is active this game. Trey Hendrickson, I think, is going to be a very extremely pivotal part to this, uh, to this game because a lot of people don't realize this. Trey Hendrickson was tied for second in the NFL on the entire season for sacks tied with Aaron Donald for 13 and a half sacks on the entire season. I think he's going to, I think he and Cam Jordan are going to be really hungry. They're going to be trying to get to, to Tom Brady. They're going to be forcing him to get rid of that ball very quickly. And I think that secondary is going to try to cover up any and every receiver that is going to be out there on the field. I think they're going to force Brady to throw to Gronk because Gronk has not been the same Gronk that he was in new England. That being said though, um, I think, I think I agree with Jay. I think this is going to be a much closer game than you know their previous games have been I feel like this is going to overtime and I'm going to pick the Saints I'm going to say I'm, I'm even going to say by a field goal I'm going to say Saints 31 28 all right all right man we're all going Saints though Saints all the way hopefully this could be the year after a couple years of disappointment Casey speaking of this being the year man tell me about your Packers hosting the Rams yeah, hosting the Rams in Lambeau, um, I, I, which, you know, I, I wish I could eventually go if the world gets back to normal next season. Hopefully I will be there. But six and a half point favorites at home. Uh, it's 45 and a half over under. I, I have to wonder if the Rams have the defense and have the stability and continuity and chemistry in order to take down this Packers team that's just been rolling. Because, you know me, I'm a little biased here. 
Um, I, I, I mean, look, Aaron Rodgers is the MVP this year, and the only other guy who could have made a case for that was, was Derrick Henry, and they're gone. They're out of the playoffs. Sorry, Matt. But Aaron Rodgers looks like the MVP. The, the Packers look like the perennial number one seed in the, in the NFC. Uh, I, I got to ask, Jay, and I'll go to you first. Do the Rams have the defense and everything else needed in order to take down this rolling Packers squad? Well, they have the defense. They have the number one defense giving up the least points and the least yards in football. There's no denying that Rams defense. And they will slow down Aaron Rodgers. But the, everything else is the problem, right? <laughs> right? Like, that, that's really the challenge when, you know, you started a backup last week. He got hit in the head. Now he's out. Now you're bringing up Bortles as your backup. And you have a starting quarterback who, while he says he's fine and wants to make no excuses, and I admire Goff for that, saying he's making no excuses, He's two weeks removed from a thumb surgery on his throwing hand, right? So I, I think this is a game that would be primed for the Rams to upset the Packers if they had a healthy QB, but they don't. And I, I don't even know if Goff can make this game. And heaven forbid Goff hit somebody's helmet throwing a ball, which is very likely the same way he injured his hand the first time. Then you have Bortles in there. I, I think the Rams can keep Aaron Rodgers in the 20s, but I don't know if the Rams offense can score in the 20s. So uh, I, I got to go, I got to go Packers here, but that's no diss on the Rams D at all. They are amazing and they will impress, but I don't think the offense and the special teams will pull their weight. Yeah. And the only other guy to get more sacks than Aaron Donald this year was TJ Watt over in the AFC. And um, you can argue that a good bit of those, <laughs> those sacks for TJ Watt were in the first 11 games of the season until they really fell apart. But Chad, I'm going to jump over to you. Um, the, the Packers are plus seven to the Rams, negative three in turnovers. Now, look, we're playing in Lambeau. It gets cold. It's the tundra. So my two questions for you, Chad, are the turnovers going to be the difference maker in this game? And how much are the Packers going to rely or try to rely on Aaron Jones and keeping the ball on the ground? Because Aaron Jones has been fantastic. And I told you the other, or the other day in our pod, Chad, I, I, I hate that I've started to fall in love with Aaron Jones because it looks like he's going to get paid to go somewhere else. But turnovers and Aaron Jones, how big are those factors going to be in this game, Chad? This is only the fifth postseason matchup in the history of the NFL in the last 20 years where the number one offenses face the number one defense. No, I don't think this game is decided by turnovers. While they're always a factor, especially in postseason, I don't think that's the difference. I feel the conditions will be a factor more than the turnovers, especially on an L.A. team that hasn't traveled from their sunny 80-degree temperatures to the tundra you know that's that's it's going to be near freezing it's probably going to snow um come game time and that gives the pack an advantage cold footballs are harder to grip golf has small hands we all know uh a recently reconstructed thumb with a pin in it that that can't be good uh you know only a week ago he wasn't even fit to start if Wofford doesn't get his head taken off he's probably not even in this game so now the Rams have to come into that weather. I, I, don't, I don't see how you're confident as a Rams fan. Add to that, Daryl Henderson out, banged up Cooper Cup. Uh, how do the Rams get this done? Cam Akers has been awesome. Woods has been good, not spectacular. The Rams are going to have to get another worldly performance from that Vaughn's defense, and they can do that. That's entirely possible. They are bona fide and certified for sure. But I think the problem is obvious. They're facing the MVP in the throws of – one of the better seasons ever, 48 touchdowns to five picks. That's insane. Devontae Adams, 18 touchdowns, most amongst receivers this season, and probably the best player at the position this far. Aaron Jones is fourth in the league in rushing, 
and 10th in carries, 5.5 yards per carry right now. That's incredible. Lazard, Valdez, Scantling, and Tunyon are good enough to draw straight coverage for Adams. Donald is my favorite player to watch in the NFL. Third, in my opinion, in the MVP list behind Rodgers and Henry. Ramsey can certainly shadow Adams for the whole game, but there's reason so many of these games get decided by quarterback play. You know, there's Aaron Rodgers is not going to let his team lose. Not, not at home, not with so much on the line for his squad and his legacy. The Packer D has certainly steadily improved and unified over the season. They're well-rested, they're ready, they're hungry, and they're ready to give their, their leader some short field opportunities that he's going to need to make this a, a win for them. Packers 30, Rams 17. All right, guys. Here's, here's a couple facts for you real fast. First of all, we do realize that this is the mentee versus the mentor game, right? This is, this is LaFleur going to play McVay, or I guess McVay going to play LaFleur in a sense, but, but still, this is the mentor versus the mentee. Number two, under LaFleur, the Packers are 0-2 after a bye week and have been outscored 75-18. to 18. That said, I'm taking the Packers. All right, moving on. Ravens at Bills. <laughs> moving on to the AFC. Ravens last week took care of my Titans. Uh, the Bills last week looked really good against the Colts. Both these teams eliminated the AFC South. Buffalo's a two-point favorite at home. 50 is the over-under, meaning they're thinking this is going to be a high-scoring game. This should be really exciting. Two young and up-and-coming quarterbacks. But but I got to ask you this first, uh, Chad. After, after that Tennessee game, we heard all week about Lamar and the narrative, getting the monkey off his back, being 0-2 in the playoffs. Is, is, is there going to be a letdown? Can, are, are, you know, I mean, because usually when you have one of those big achievement games, you tend to, you know, you tend, you tend to have a little bit of a letdown. Can the Ravens maintain the momentum? Yes, they can. And he can. And I expect he will. Look, only a week ago, I was calling for the Bills in the Super Bowl, right? We, we had this conversation a week ago, and, and I was ready to put the Bills in the Super Bowl. But we're all familiar with that saying, styles make fights. Never more true for this matchup. The Ravens did something a week ago nobody's ever been able to do over the last two years, and they silenced your boy, Derrick Henry. Shut him down. That was shocking to watch for me, man. Baltimore has built their brand on heavy-handed defense and a dominant running game. I feel like this game sets up poorly for the Bills, honestly. Losing Zach Moss, I think, is going to matter. The DBs for the Ravens are versatile and physical. I expect they will focus on taking – the dominant digs out of this game and force Allen to be more of a runner, try and take take advantage of moving away from, you know, Beasley with his injury. He's not 100%. This offensive scheme is going to be limited. Now, on the other side, the Bills aren't great against the run, and, and the Ravens won't have to toss it around the yard while they can, as I think Jackson is a better passer from the pocket than people give him credit for if you look at the numbers. But they're going to lean on the ball control. Uh, heavy running attack with Dobbins and Edwards. You know, some smart seam routes with Andrews and, and look down the field for the big play opportunity with Marquise Brown. And then how do you quantify the wild card that is Jackson and what he can do with his legs and getting outside and reading the RPO and creating opportunities? I expect him to, him to pick his spots as a runner and to neutralize that Bill's pass rush and keep them off balance and keep the chains moving. Ravens 24, Bill 16. Wow, wow. So you're flipping the script on yourself from last week. All right, all right. Ravens impressed you that much. 
Jay, what do you think, man? I mean, has Josh Allen done enough to prove to you he can bring Buffalo Super Bowl? I mean, he, he had Chad convinced uh, last week, but obviously uh, Lamar Jackson stole his thunder. So where's Josh Allen the Bills sit for you? Uh, well, you know, I, I think he's got enough to get to the Super Bowl. I don't know if he has enough to bring the trophy back to Buffalo just yet. This game is really challenging because it's a big question of how do you play chess against yourself? <laughs> These teams are set up very similarly with like almost identical quarterbacks. And I say this not just in how they play the game and how dynamic they are and how fun they are to watch, but also in the way that they both get stage fright. And that's the X factor here. We've seen Lamar Jackson time and again whoop teams go into Pittsburgh and fumble three or four times. We saw Josh, Josh Allen, who's been on a run for like nine weeks now, go in and granted, they pulled out the game against the Colts. But man, at the end of the half, and when he could have put away the game in the third, we saw him play nervous football the way we've seen Lamar Jackson play before. Uh, Allen hasn't th – he's thrown one pick in four games. He's overdue for a pick, and I watched him three times throw to the right while running right and darn near throw a pick. Like if, if any's receivers had just like had their heads together or had their hands with him that day, uh, Andy would have won that game easily, right? So I, I see Allen in kind of a Lamar Jackson way where like, Regular season ace this year, but when it came to his first playoff game, very nervous. And, and the Bills pulled it out, but in the clutch, I saw him nearly throw picks multiple times, particularly flushing him right out of the pocket. You want to keep him in the pocket, right? Like, like Darius Leonard said about playing him, you know, you, you want to keep him in the well, right? But if you're going to push him out, push him to his right and force him to throw to his right, and he's likely to throw a pick, right? So I think the Ravens have a good game plan for this. That said, Lamar Jackson just pointed out the other day he's never played in the snow. <laughs> it cracks me up. How can you be a Buffalo quarterback and not play? And never, never played in the snow. Or sorry, uh, Baltimore quarterback. Uh, yeah. I'm going Buffalo here. Uh, I, I'm going to go under because I think it will snow, and I think I think the point spread's about right. I'll go Bills with the points because it's so low. It's just at two. But this is this is going to be a tough game of two teams that look a lot alike. Casey, finish us up, man. What, what do you got here, man? This is honestly the hardest game of the weekend to pick for me. Um, I, I like both of these teams. I'm, I, I love Lamar Jackson. I love his ability to run the football, obviously. Um, I do agree with Chad. I think the numbers point to him being a much better passer than a lot of people think. And I was one of those people at first that was uh, highly critical of his throwing ability when he first came into the league. Uh, but th this guy's only 24. He's younger than me. He's already won an MVP. He's got plenty of time to improve this throwing ability with a guy like Harbaugh as his coach. That being said, uh, this 50 over under seems honestly a little high to me. I think it's going to be a low scoring game. I think it's going to be a brutal game. Um, I think it's going to be a lot of hard hits. The Ravens are kind of showing that they're the Baltimore Ravens and they don't really care about other people's opinions. That being said, I think I'm picking the bills to go over the Ravens here. The Ravens really impressed me last week. Lamar really impressed me last week. That defense really impressed me last week, but the bills have been rolling. Josh Allen is a guy that I would put it up there. I know Chad said Aaron Donald earlier as his third. Josh Allen would have been my third guy for that MVP race. And the Bills really believe that too. They believe in each other. That defense is great. Uh, I'm going to take the Buffalo Bills. Give me the Bills 20 to 14. Man, you guys all loving the Bills, despite what the Ravens did. All right. Except for Chad, who flipped the entire script. The, the, the yeah, except Ravens. for Chad. Yeah, flipped the entire script. Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know what to do, Where guys. Where are you going, Matt? Let's hear it. I'm going Buffalo, baby. I'm taking the home team in the snow. You know, I mean, that's that's the way to go. That's the only way to go. I, I, I'm with you, Jay, probably across the board here. Take the under. I don't think there's going to be a bunch of points. And two points is too small to, to, to avoid right there. So take Buffalo in the two. All right, Browns at Chiefs. 
here we go, Casey. Number one, n- number one draft pick, Baker Mayfield taking on Patty Mahomes, who's the quarterback du jour. Ten point favorites. KC is at home, fifty six over under. Casey, tell me about this game. Uh, this ten point KC favorite, way too high. This game is going to be really close, in my opinion. Um, I love Pat Mahomes. I like the Chiefs. Uh, obviously, they went fourteen and two this season. Could have gone fifteen and one had they not rested everyone in the last week um, and given themselves two bye weeks, essentially. That being said, this Browns team, they dropped 28 points in that first quarter and then kind of slowed down a little bit, um, but still forced, what was it, four interceptions against Big Ben. I got to say, man, these Browns are rolling. They have a chip on their shoulder. You know, they love it when people look down on them because they love to prove people wrong. I believe firmly that we're seeing Baker Mayfield grow right before our very eyes. I saw this I saw this post the other day and it said Baker Mayfield is everything that the Browns wanted Johnny Manziel to be and he is really impressing me he's really showing that even without Odell Beckham and with with all these injuries and almost zero practice time going into that game last week that he can still lead this offense now my question for you Jay I'll start with you the Browns offense like I said they dropped 28 points in the first quarter last week against sorry your Steelers but do they do enough to keep Patty off the field and essentially keep their defense fresh enough to so that way when Pat Mahomes is out on the field, he's maybe not as effective? No, no, they, they, they don't. <laughs> and here's the thing, and if people listened to our, our show last week, I predicted that I wouldn't bet on the Steelers because I felt the Browns would upset them, right? <laughs> I, I said I would highly lay off that game because Ben Roethlisberger does what after bye weeks? throws multiple picks, right? Like history just repeated itself here. And I think the Browns are only sneaking up on people who aren't fans of the Steelers or the Ravens or the Bengals or the Browns. I think people who watch AFC North football know the Browns have been pretty close for a year now. You remember about two years ago, people were picking them to be like a Super Bowl contender and win the North. They've become the classic post-hype sleeper. That said, the Chiefs are just too good. But I'm going to echo what Casey just said also. This point spread is absurd at 10. The, the, what, when was the last time the, the Chiefs won by 10, right? The, haven't they won their last, like, zillion games by, like, six or eight points? And the Browns' defense will keep them in it. I mean, this, I don't think this is going to be a close game, but I think it's a game where you take the over and, and you have KC winning by five or six and letting the Browns, like, they're going to run a prevent in the fourth quarter and the Browns are going to get an extra 12 points there or something like that. So I don't see this. I, I don't see this as a game where you bet on the Chiefs, but you know they're going to win it. I mean, there you go, Chad. Chase just pointed out, man, that the Chiefs haven't won by more than six points since week eight. Now, now they've won, obviously, except for uh, that, 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 the season finale, but haven't won by more than six points since week eight. Is there a reason to be concerned about these Chiefs? Look, I'm going to keep this brief. We discussed the questionable eye test element at the end of the season for the Chiefs in our last pod. No, not worried about the Chiefs. We're all aware, I think, if we haven't been made aware, we should be aware. I think Reap's 334 and three coming off a of bye. Preparedness matters, but not nearly as much as that transcendental savant QB. I think that's the, the other element. So it also helps to have the weapons that surround him. You know, Kelsey's season is one for the record. Record books. Edwards Alaire is going to be back. Watkins is going to play. The Cheetah is a mismatch everywhere he lines up. The Chiefs D is like the Packers. It's somewhat faceless, but steadily getting better weekly. Look, the Stefanski experiment is clearly working. And yes, 
I, I think you're right. Uh, you know, Mayfield, Casey is what they wished that Johnny football would have been. And if they can control the rock like they have over the course of the season and kind of take the air out of the ball with Chubb and Hunt, make it a time of possession battle, they can be in this game. But the quick strike ability of the Chiefs, the opportunistic nature of their defense makes it, to me, hugely unlikely. The Chiefs are now poised to be back in the big game. They beat the Browns 45 to 30. All right. Ooh, you're giving the points, Chad. He is. He is. He's feeling it. He's feeling wow. it. It's going to be a blowout. He's just like, look, I don't care what the, what, what the Browns did last week to the Steelers. They are going to get trumbled. Trumbled. All right. Hey, look, man, that's all we got for the prime cut. So let's move on to seconds. All right. Let's, 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 let's look at some of these other questions going on to this week. And really, I want to know just from you guys. I mean, we got, like I said, we got the two old men in, in the Bucks saints game, the two over 40. But then the rest of this crowd is really young. I mean, three of these guys, uh, Lamar, uh, um, Baker, and, uh, and Josh Allen, all drafted in the same draft. Um, so which quarterback would you rather have going forward out of the field? I mean, you sticking with Breeze, you want the experience, or or, are you going with Patty because he's the X factor? Who do you want and why, Jay? Oh, it's got to be Mahomes. You know, he has the same amount of Super Bowl trophies (laughs) as Breeze does, with all all due respect to our Saints, right? Um, And sure, Brady has more, but Brady's going to retire in the next 10 years at least. He might play to 50, but he's he's not going to be able to give it up that long. Listen, I love Lamar Jackson, and I love Josh Allen. I think Josh Allen could be as good or better than Mahomes, but we're still seeing him mature. Mahomes with just one more year in the league, you know, is already clearly a Super Bowl MVP and the reason they won. you got to go Mahomes here, it's, and it's not even close. And that's out of no disrespect to the other four or five guys in this discussion that's just looking towards the future. One guy has already proved it and still has years left. Chad, Chad, is it that simple, man? Is Jay right? It's that simple as Patty Mahomes. We're not, not even kicking the tires on the other guys. It is that simple, but he's got the wrong guy. I, look, I'm going <laughs> to take the, the best guy playing the best at the most important time, and that's the Chico boy, A-Rod. Come on. Simple. Very easy. All right, A-Rod. Him and play- Mahomes have the same number of trophies, too. Yeah, right. I was about to say you left yeah, A-Rod out of that conversation. Fan, I, can, I can say that. You know that they have the same amount of trophies. <laughs> Casey, are you sticking with your boy A-Rod, man? Who, who are you taking and why? Who's the quarterback Look, you want? I, I'm, I'm going to stick I'm gonna stick to the to the AFC side of the board, and I'm going to pick out of the youngins. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say if I'm picking of those four, I, I mean, I, I'm with Jay. I got to go with Mahomes now. With that being said – I think there's a quarterback that if he were in this in this you know this side of the playoffs, who might be on a different team once this is all said and done. If Deshaun Watson was in here, we'd be having a much better, a much bigger conversation because I might be thinking about taking Deshaun Watson. I think that I think if he's on the right team, um, once all this drama is said and done, he could be competing in multiple Super Bowls. Um, but out of these four on the AFC side of the bracket taking Pat Mahomes. Now, as a Packers fan, of course I'm staying with Aaron Rodgers. Come on. <laughs> all right, real quick, Casey. You got, you got me a little sideways question. So, here, real quick, all three of y'all. Is Deshaun Watson a Houston Texan next year? Jay, yes or no? Nope. No. Chad, yes or no? Mad noise out of the bay that he's headed to the Niners. No way. That'd be crazy. Casey, so you, you think he's gone too? Yeah, he's, there's no way he stays. All right. Wow. Wow. I, I, mean, I, I mean, I don't think so either, but, but I didn't feel like we – Figured somebody would be for eh, crazy. Houston's such a tire fire. All right. 
So like I said earlier, how big is this master versus apprentice storyline for you in the Rams Packers game? It, for, for me, it's, it, it's one of the biggest storylines. The fact that they probably know each other's schemes really well. Casey, am I making too much of this? How, how big of that storyline is it for you? Uh, McVay versus LaFleur? No, I mean, it, it is a very big storyline, but it, it may be very well overshadowed um, by the fact that if the Rams somehow find a way to beat the Packers, that's not going to be what we're talking about. We're going to be talking about if Aaron Rodgers is going to sign a new deal, if he's done with football, where do the Packers go from here? We won't really be talking about McVay and LaFleur. Now, if the Packers come through and win, you know, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers being the number one seed will be mentioned first. But secondly, immediately after that, we will be talking about the McVay and the LaFleur, you know, tree. But I think it is important. But I think it, it doesn't overshadow the fact that Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers and the Packers are this good, whether they win and especially if they lose. Chad, where are you at on this, man? You, you with Casey, that it's, it's not that big a deal? Or how much does it matter two guys going up against each other who, 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 who you know, know each other's schemes for the most part? I think it's a no story. Sorry, I don't really have anything to say besides no story, not yet, too early. Too early. All right. Well, you know, I mean, we all, I figured, you know, you'd love this question. We always talk about, you know, crowning guys too early as being masters and whatnot. You know, maybe this, let's give me a chance to take a shot at McVay, if nothing else. Jay, am I, is Chad right? There's, this, this isn't really a story right here? Uh, you know, I, who is the student and who is the master? Well, t- I guess technically McVay is the master. He, he was the head coach that LaFleur was under, though LaFleur is older. You know, I don't know. I mean, he, but you can be a young master, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I, I see them more as peers. If any, I know McVay is more, uh, more advanced. But yeah, I, I see this more as peers. I see this almost like as a, a you know, uh, I did the chess match comparison earlier. Right? A chess match between friends here. I, I think they're part of that fraternity, like kind of like Tomlin and Harbaugh, where like they're they're going to be coaching against each other for years, and they know it. And it's I, I think they're pretty on even pretty even footing here, minus the Rams having a, a banged up quarterback situation. All right. All right. So I'm just digging into the storyline because I want to then. That's just me. It's all me. All right. So let's, let's, let's look at coaching hires and whatnot. Cause we saw first of all, earlier in the week, the Eagles fired uh, uh, Doug Peterson. Uh, then we saw, you know, basically urban Meyer to Jacksonville and, uh, and Robert Salah to, uh, to the jets. So we've only got a couple coaching openings still open in a sense. Which job's most appealing to you, Chad? Do you like Atlanta? Do you like, obviously not Houston. So which, which job do you like? The Spanos family, Tom Telesco, Justin Her- Herbert, and the West Coast lifestyle makes this super simple. I'm a bolt, baby, if you give me my choice. I can't, I can't see any harm with that. Casey, which team do you like the most? Which, which job opening is most appealing to you right now? Honestly, uh, I, I, I got to go with Chad. I, I think that Chargers position is very enticing. Uh, I like the players they have there on the offense and the defensive side of the ball. Um, you, you got a lot of great young players that you were able to really snag in drafts while still somehow semi-competing but not really with Philip Rivers, if that kind of makes sense. But I also want to shout out to Robert Salah for being the first Muslim uh, head coach in the NFL history. So shout out to him. Chad, I know that was one of your boys, uh, former 49ers DC. But shout out to being the first Muslim head coach. All right. And 
Jay, where are you at, man? Who, which, which job opening for you is, is the most appealing? You know, I mean, if you're, let's say, Eric Bieniemy of all, you know, the guy oh, I think was, is the hottest name on the market, where would you go? Yeah, I, I, you know, I think as a head coach, I think you have to look at the Chargers. I, I'm going to agree. And, and not just the West Coast thing, but $75 million in cap space, that's going to put them in the top five with ability to add players around, uh, around Justin Herbert and to add some defense there. It's a pretty easy call. If I miss out on that, though, uh, I would not go for a head coaching po- post. I-, I would try to be the new offensive coordinator in Seattle or Pittsburgh because those are two great opportunities on a winning team to get into the playoffs next year and work your way into a great head coaching job instead of having to go to some tire fire of a team that's hiring this year. Very you know, smart. And Atlanta, Atlanta's interesting. You know, um, Detroit's always a huge question mark. That's where careers go to die and whatnot. I'm with you guys, though. Chargers is the most appealing job. I don't know how anybody can turn that down. Would you get a high draft pick this year? You have a team that lost by, what, just a a, 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 a touchdown or less in, in half a dozen games or something like that? Could easily have won six more games. I'm with you guys, man. Justin Herbert looks like a franchise quarterback. I totally go to the Chargers. All right. If I may, if I may jump in, uh, I wanted to mention one more thing about the Chargers because Jay brought up a very good point that I was kind of trying to allude to without actually doing it. But the cap space, a lot of young players that you're able to snag in a draft that are still on their rookie deals on this rookie contracts, look for the, and I hate to say this, look for the Chargers to be a favorite uh, landing spot for current Green Bay Packers running back Aaron Jones. Ooh, ooh, that could be interesting. All right. All right. Uh, Austin Eckler, Aaron Jones in that backfield. Austin Eckler is great out of the slot, can catch. Aaron Jones is very versatile, can do the exact same thing. They're going to be a great young team for the next five years. They may be competing very, very soon. Hmm. All right. All right. Things to keep in mind going forward. You heard it here first. Aaron Jones of the Chargers could happen. All right. (laughs) Moving on then. Uh, Leftovers, guys. Got a couple leftover things going on here. Uh, Real quick, win or lose, is Drew Brees back next year? Casey. No, he's not. I think this is it. Wow. Chad, do you agree or disagree? Drew Brees back next year? No, he's already inked a broadcasting deal. Late career injury he just experienced signals the end to me. He's out. Uh, it kills me. Jay, are they all right? He's gone, but for all the right reasons. Uh, yeah. I just agree, Jay. I just I, – I hate that, you know – Brady's going to still be playing. All right. What, what about uh, – we saw, you know, um, last week in the playoff game against Brady, Taylor Henneke for the, for, for the Washington football team kind of looked like an NFL quarterback. You know, he looked like he was commanding that team pretty well. So, Casey, do you see Taylor Henneke getting a start with, for, for, uh, for the Washington football team again? I see him competing for the starting job against newly signed quarterback Cam Newton. I think Cam Newton finds his way to the Washington football team to be under Rivera again. I think he and Cam will compete for that starting job. Um, But I I don't think he's the initial starter based off of one game. I think he looked great, but that might also be, you know, we've seen it a million times in football over the entirety of the hundred years or so of football. Nobody has tape on this guy. He comes out, he plays well. You're in the NFL for a reason. You're a professional football player. He came out, he had a great game. I don't think that automatically guarantees him to be the starter, but he will be competing for it next season. Absolutely. Chad, do I just really want him to be the starter? Is that the thing? Yeah, you probably do. And, and, and you possibly could be right. Because, look, they have to address the obvious need at the position due to inept draft strategy and injury before we can say for sure what's going to happen. 
but his heart and guts have already earned him some mad respect in that locker room. So yeah, heck yeah, possibly for sure. Yeah. I mean, come on, right, Jay. I mean, Chase Young was even going, I, I, I want this guy twice on Sundays. <laughs> well, well, you know, he was with the Panthers. Rivera brought him to this team for a reason. He knew he was the guy to be the number two. Even when he had Haskins and Smith, he realized one of them wasn't going to shake out. But at the end of the day, neither of them is going to shake out. I kind of like Casey's idea, but, but I think Rivera might let it go. I think he might let Cam go. And, and so I do, see, uh, I do see Taylor getting an other start in the NFL. I could even see him being the starter next year, honestly. Uh, and, and it's not – and I agree with what Casey said. Guy comes in, there's no film on him. All of a sudden, he looks great. But this was clearly the same exact system. There were no surprises, no wrinkles. He just knows it better than the two guys starting ahead of him. If I'm the coach, I like him. All right, all right. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping, like I said, I just hope we see him again. You know, that's what we're hoping for. All right, so last up, we saw the, uh, <laughs> we saw the Alabama Crimson Tide just take care of things yet again. Um, but Devontae Smith was the wide receiver, first wide receiver to win the Heisman since, what, like Tim Brown or somebody? So how high are you drafting Devontae Smith? How high are you going wide receiver here, Casey? I mean, if, if we're imagining that Trevor Lawrence is going one and, and you know, where, where, where do you put, you know, Devontae Smith? Could he go as high as two? Let me tell you something right now, Matt Dye, Dr. Dye. The Alabama Crimson Tide have a knack for producing fantastic skill players. You look at Julio Jones. You look at Calvin Ridley. You look at Mark Ingram. You look at Derrick Henry. The Crimson Tide have a knack for creating and sending incredible skill players to the league. That being said, if I'm the Green Bay Packers, I am flipping last year's decision. I'm making Aaron Rodgers happy. I'm getting one more deal for him. I'm trading Jordan Love a first-round pick, and maybe a, even a third to move up as high as I possibly can to take this kid, to put him in Green Bay to play with Aaron Rodgers. This kid looks good. He looks special, and I, I think he can go as high as he wants after the first two quarterbacks. He could go as, as high as third. I think it's going to be one and two for quarterbacks. After that, I think any, he could fall anywhere right there at third and on. And then he just lines, and then he just lines up and he says, I'm throwing it to Devontae. No, right. I, th I, I think – I think got two Devontae. Right. Yeah, well, look, Devontae – yeah, I mean, you're right. Devontae is – Devontae Adams is no spring chicken, right? He's, he's – I'm not saying he's old, but he's starting to, you know, to climb up there. The, the, the average age or the average career span of an NFL player is less than five years. Less than five years. That's average. And I'm just saying – wherever this guy goes, he's going to be an immediate starter. He's going to be an immediate difference maker. And he looks special. All right. I'm going to say, Kasich, I say, be careful what you wish for. We've seen the Patriots do favors for an aging quarterback named Tom Brady by trading away a great backup quarterback they drafted in Garoppolo. <laughs> right. And then Brady went up and left them anyway. So I, I, I would draft a wide receiver, but I wouldn't move up for one. And, and I'll say this. Look at the most dynamic wide receivers we see in football this year. Guys coming out of the cut, Chase Claypool, DK Metcalf, all guys second, third, fourth round. I, I'm not – this is nothing against Devontae Smith, but teams overvalue wide receivers. The Packers are a unique situation where wherever they fall in the draft, be that 25th or 30th, sure, grab one for Rodgers because your team is set. But most teams drafting a wide receiver early is a bad move because you can get one later. You're probably right, but, man, if, if we look at, you know, right now, like I said, after, after Jacksonville at one, you got the Jets at two. If the Jets don't go 
um, Justin Fields at quarterback or something like that. If they're not getting rid of Sam Darnold because they don't have the one pick, you know, you, next thing you do is get Sam Darnold a weapon. If they do go quarterback, Miami has the number three pick. And you were talking Devontae and Devonta on, a, on, a, on the Packers, Chad. But what about Devonta and Devontae over there in Miami, Parker and Smith? So um, you yeah, can give two of a weapon. Look, that, look, I like Devontae Smith quite a bit. Very, very high on him. I think he's got Julio-type trajectory, honestly. I think he's, he's better than Amari. He's better than Jerry Judy. He's better than Ridley, better than Ruggs. You know, this kid Jalen Waddle is one we're going to have to keep an eye on because they say he's got the biggest upside of all of them. But, hey, dude, he, he looks different. He's, he's a guy who I would – I'm with Jay on – trading up and, and making myself vulnerable when there's so many of those guys that if you're really good at draft analysis, you can find some, some of those picks later in the draft. But, you know, it, if he falls to you in, in wherever you are in the, if you're, if you're from one to seven in this, this draft and you are able to get him, you'd be hard pressed not to take him. Yeah, I mean, look at look Philly's at six, you know, Cincinnati's at five. You know, you'd love to get, you know, Burrow another wide receiver, though they probably need offensive line. But you got Philly there, you know, Philly. Name a wide receiver at Philadelphia. I don't know who the quarterback is right now either. But. Alshon Jeffrey, Matt? Alshon Jeffrey? <laughs> how, how, many games is, how many games did Jeffrey – did he play hey, a game? Hey, season? you just asked me to name a wide receiver, Matt. <laughs> That's all I did. Hey, look, but if I can jump in real quick for, for one last thing. Um, well, actually, sorry, two quick things. Um, you're 100% right, Jay, about being able to snag a wide receiver in late rounds and then be super effective. I think DK Metcalf is probably going to make a case to be the best receiver in the league next year. Um, my thing is, as, a, as the Green Bay Packers front office is Aaron Rodgers seems to play best football when he actually is happy with the surroundings. So, if, if Aaron Rodgers says, hey, I'm not telling you what you have to do. Wait a minute. He but if you unhappy about uh, uh, them drafting a quarterback and came out and played like there was a fire under his butt for the yeah, first time but, in but now, five years. But now doesn't maybe he, does he not seem he's like he's having a blast? Does he not seem like he's having the most fun he's ever had? Or maybe not ever, but they have won a Super Bowl. But in the last 10 years, maybe he's ha- having the most fun he's ever had playing football? Except when he throws it to Montez Vontez Scalding and he drops, <laughs> drops the ball. That's know. fair. That's but, fair. But, but I, all I'm saying is you don't have to uh, uh, appease Rodgers. And I think if you do appease Rodgers, he may well leave you anyway when the time comes because it's a Brady-type situation. I, I, it's very similar. You know, I'm not saying don't yeah. draft a wide receiver for him. I'm saying don't move up. I, 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 I can see where you're coming from with that. And what I wanted to say secondly, and, and then I'll leave it off to you guys, picks two through six – could all be flipped, traded, thrown around. Look, the Jets, maybe they, they love Sam Darnold. They don't need another quarterback. So maybe they move down. The Dolphins, they, they might be making a deal for Deshaun Watson. So maybe they move that, that pick to the Texans. The Atlanta Falcons could maybe move up to grab Justin Fields. That maybe, they're, maybe they're ready to move on from Matt Ryan. The Cincinnati Bengals could move up for someone they love too. I mean, the, the Eagles, maybe they could move up for somebody to help out Jalen Hurts, whether that's Devontae or someone else. There's a lot that could happen in these. I think number one is pretty consensus. I think I think the Jacksonville Jaguars are 
probably picking who we think they're picking. Well, they're sticking with Gardner Minshew. What are you talking about? Hey, I, I love Gardner Minshew, man. But as a backup <laughs> and as a great character, I think that's where he fits best. But picks two through six, I think, could end up completely different than what the board says right now. Hey, one last question. What do you think the Jaguars' record is next year? Ooh, um, six and ten. Uh, uh. You know, Urban Meyer doesn't like losing, or he's going to have like you know health issues. He'll probably so. have some heart ailment or something. Yeah, so he's, they're they're going to be like thir- and quit. thirteen and three. You know, <laughs> thirteen and three. They'll go undefeated, sixteen and zero, <laughs> and then lose in the AFC Championship game <laughs> to, to Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> And then I'll right. stroke out on the sideline and quit. Yeah. All right. Uh, anything else on the menu, guys? Um, for, for instance, I want to tell you all, if you haven't heard about it or seen it, on Amazon Prime right now, you can go check out One Night in Miami, which is about uh, the night Muhammad Ali, or at that time still Cassius Clay, won the, uh, the heavyweight title for the first time. And he, Jim Brown, Sam Cooke, and Malcolm X all got together and had a conversation and it's a really fantastic movie. So if you get a chance, check that out. Highly recommended already. My favorite movie of the year. What about you guys? What do you got? Casey, what, what else you got on the menu? Um, go check out me and Chad's pod, Jackson and the kid. Um, fantastic NBA talk. We, we went super long this week, but it was definitely needed so much going on. Um, next week we'll probably talk about, I'm sure the Brooklyn Nets will be more in like further into the hole than they are right now. Kyrie was just fine today. Um, also go check me out on Twitch, twitch.tv slash VBE20. We just had a huge Rocket League tournament, um, and it was super fun. Um, yeah, that's all I got. Jackson and the kid, and go follow me on Twitch. Yeah, go check out his Twitch, man. If you, if you do the Twitch stuff, Casey's doing it really well. What about you, Jay? What do you got, what do you got out there on the menu? Uh, well, let's see. I'll share it later today on Facebook. I recently interviewed the new sheriff of Cincinnati. Uh, she is the first female sheriff of Hamilton County of Cincinnati. She is also the first uh, openly gay person to be sheriff. Uh, She was fired three years ago by the sheriff. Uh, uh, She thought it was unfair. She thought she was fired because of her sex and sexuality. She sued for wrongful termination, ran for sheriff, and beat her old boss in the election and just got sworn in this week. Uh, So you can check out my interview with her later this week. Pretty powerful player. And what a way to respond to adversity. Stay on the job. Beat them at their own game. Uh, her name is Charmaine McGuffey, and look out for her. She's a, she's a major player in law enforcement. I will oh. definitely be listening to that. Oh, wow. All right. Yeah, no, that's a good story and empowerment of all, all around. All right, Chad, what about you, man? Anything else on the menu for you? Yeah, that's kick-ass. That's Stacey Abrams type stuff right there. Um, yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, I uh, woke up this morning. I got to say I'm kind of bitter as a baseball card collector. I've got every mantle. <laughs> in, in, in the collection except for the 52 tops oh and i watched that you're only so- 40 4.9 million short chad yeah, oh. right? yeah. 5.2 million dollars that card sold for yesterday uh oh, you know um kind of felt like a gut punch um many think that's <laughs> the rookie mantle but it's not the bowman released bowman released a 51 card that's actually the rookie. Do you have that one? Do you have that one? No, no, no. So I'm I'm missing those two. Those are, so that, that being said, my brother and I are having a zoom call later this afternoon uh, to reevaluate our collection and and start looking at our cards in which we're going to offload. You know, I'll I'll let all our TK fans know 
keep them apprised of what offerings are available. Many complete sets and unique cards coming up for sale because, damn it, I got kids' college funds to pay for. <laughs> uh, but look, just a quick note as to why the 52 mantle is so valuable. Most people don't know this. Uh, little known fact, in 53, to make room for in the warehouse for new inventory, Tops packed all of their unsold 52 cards onto a barge and sunk them in the Hudson River. That's oh. true. I, and I ask you all now, how many millionaires' dreams as well as mobsters' foes' bodies are lying at the bottom of the Hudson? <laughs> all right, I, man. I, I did not know about that. Wow. I, li I, I like all of it. <laughs> oh, by the way, guys, I think we've created a monster. Chad knows how to use Zoom now. And oh, now, yeah, right, right. Now he won't stop using it. We, we've created a monster. Oh, I'm man. crazy out of control. Look out. <laughs> Jackson's figuring out technology one day at a time. All right, y'all. That's, that's all we got for this week. We'll be back next week. As I said, check out Jackson the Kid and everything else, uh, Jay's stories up and whatnot. And uh, we'll, be, uh, we'll be back next week to talk, um, wow, man, championship weekend, I guess. We'll see what teams are, are, are left, what, what, what our final four is. All right, y'all. We are the Tailgate Kings. Check us out, www.thetailgatekings.com. Check out the Twitch. Check out the, the Instagram. Check out the Twitter. Check it all out on Facebook. I'm Dr. Dive with Casey Jones, Chad Jackson, Jason Reynolds, and we are out.